You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Well, that's true. This is true. And, and, you know, if it pops into your warm, gooey center, then so much the better. And, folks, (laughs) that's the way it's going to start this week on Geekiest Show Ever, episode 180. And we have the crew back. Uh, First of all, I want to thank Peter for jumping in last week to fill in for... Mark uh, uh, running off on us or using some lame excuse about not feeling well or something. I don't know, you know. Yeah, Pete, Pete, Peter's a great guy. He um, he even filled in for me again on NAMP this week. So, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd say at this point in time, Peter is like the, the replacement Mark, uh, the permanent replacement, um, that whenever Mark is too lazy to do a podcast, uh, Peter steps in and, and takes control. So uh, thank you, Peter. Yes, thank you very much. And that, folks, was the ever missing <laughs> Mr. Mark Greentree. I'm, I'm, never, I'm always here in spirit, but just never really here. How are you going, guys? Uh, doing well, doing well. In here in spirit, that would explain the smell, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. And that, folks, in case you don't recognize, those are the maleficent tones of Mr. Michael McPeak. Yeah, you said the crew was here, and I thought for a second two live crew, but I'm thinking more like barely live crew, but whatever. <laughs> well, you know, you're sweating, and I'm uh, I'm stripping. I'm uh, wax people. Don't get too excited there. Uh, and we're past the, the wax stripping point. We're now painting. And I was hoping to get high on the fumes of the paint, but they changed the formula, so it doesn't smell as much. Oh, yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> I you, you talk about sweating in places that you shouldn't. Last week it was, or not last week, yesterday I was exchanging uh, a couple texts. It was so hot I couldn't even tweet because I was so hot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> temperature was it? It was. Because uh, honestly, honestly, I've got the little space heater on at the moment. And, uh, you know, we, we always start the worldwide weather report with this show, don't we? It's always yeah. how cold are we or how hot are we? And uh, so in Sydney at the moment, it's 16 degrees Celsius, and I've got the heater on. And before the show, I had to go and change and put another another shirt on because I, I knew that I was going to have a uh, a malfunction with my wardrobe if uh, if I didn't change. So, so that, uh, that's that's about 60 degrees Fahrenheit, 59 yeah, to 60. Nippy, nippy in the air, nipply. It's, yeah. it's, it's still kind of hot here. It's uh, 81 Fahrenheit, which is 27 Celsius. And it, oh, it's that's a nice. That's nice it's weather. A, it's a glorious 79 here. Um, I don't mind sweating. I mean, I, it bugs me when it gets in my glasses and rolls in my eyes, but otherwise, I don't mind uh, sweating too much. Uh, it, may, it means that I'm alive and I'm doing work. So Well, it was 97 degrees, which I don't know. I can't do the conversion in my head real quick. Which may, And then plus the humidity, it was 101 or 102 yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was that was uncomfortable. <laughs> That was really uncomfortable. Well, the nice thing is we work inside. We, there's, there's not air conditioning in the hallways, but if you manage the building right, if you just use your head a little bit, well, kind of uh, in the mornings, it's been like 50, 60 degrees uh, thereabouts. So we'll open up the doors. We'll kick some of the air handlers on, draw in some outside air. When it starts to warm up, we'll shut the doors, turn them off. Uh, there's air conditioning in the central part of the building. So as long as we keep things from heating up too much, maybe leave a door or two open, it's not – you can manage it. you just got to be a little intelligent about it. About, and, you know, like I say, I, I grew up on a farm. I worked in Worse. I worked up in the Haymow. Oh, yeah, I have too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, as I get older, I get, you know, okay, well, play the old man card. I just get a little crankier about some of that stuff. But if you manage it well, it's not too bad. Well, my problem was going in and out and in and out. I had to go in and out a lot. Oh. Be inside where it was cool. I'd go outside where it was hot and come back inside where it was cool. And it, it was like, holy shit, just kill me now. Uh, <laughs> and I, but I did, I did have a few tweets with Alisa uh, uh, and uh, Bill uh, Patterson about uh, we were talking about the weather. So it was, it was interesting. Alisa was sitting by the pool. I was sitting in a pool. Of my <laughs> <sweat>. <laughs> Well, and, you know, to bring this uh, weather discussion to a, a close here, I guess, but I always find it interesting when school starts um, because it'll still be 70, 80s, maybe 90, somewhere in there, but then food shipments will come in, so I'll have to be going from the freezer, which is about zero, out into the warm weather back and forth, and depending on how much time I have to spend in the freezer, I'll put a coat on because I just don't like uh, chilling off that quickly, and so then I'll come out and be t- uh, hot out there, and if I spend too much time, then I am swimming in sweat, and the kids are going, it's hot out, why are you wearing a coat? Because I'm in the freezer. You know, it's cold in there. So, yeah, that's oodles of fun. Yeah, it's uh, it, it can always be. I like it, too, when it's real hot and humid, and I'll be in the car or something where it's air-conditioned, and I'll get out, and my glasses just, I can't see shit. There's <laughs> <laughs> fog over, and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So, anyway, that's, uh, that's for last week. And uh, another piece of information from last week, Mike brought up a song that he was trying to think of, and uh, our our listener uh, Jim wrote in and told me he believes the song you were thinking about, Mike, was the Wildwood Flower. Okay, well, see, I tried googling that, and I came up with a song by the Carter family, which was not the one I was thinking of. No, uh, this I is the one I... about all the the pot they were growing and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. And I tried, you know, the Wildwood Flower. Or hmm. Wildwood Weed, if you Google it, it'll come up that way, too. Well, it's, I think I tried that. But. It's a Jim Stafford song. He was the one. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds like a Jim Stafford song. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, we're talking about marijuana, Mark. Yes, the the stuff that I, uh, I've i stayed clear of my whole life, actually. I've never done drugs in my whole life. Uh, just a conscious choice on my part. I don't like not being in control of my body. And um, wait, wait, I, wait, I don't... You're in I control think, of that? Oh, no. I'm, well, you know, there are bodily uh, functions that I'm, I'm never in control of. You know, I say pretty lady walking down the street and hello, flagpole goes up. Um, but in, in all honesty, I mean, look, I don't even drink to the point where I I sort of don't feel like I, I'm in control of, of where I am. It's just one of those things. It's just a an OCD habit of mine uh, about the most... The serious drug I've ever done is, is smoked cigarettes unfiltered, and that's you know that's that's me being a rebel. <laughs> that was you being just a total rebel without a cause. Yep. So no, but uh, I did want to clear up some of the errata, as uh. we like to say, not erotic, but errata. <laughs> from from I, I, I was I was wondering what what happened last week. <laughs> Ooh, geez. Well, well, then we had that whole preacheral conversation. Let's not even go yeah, down that, that yeah, road. You know, listen, I really should, when I'm not on the show, I really should listen back before I hit the publish button and tell Tim to post it. <laughs> <laughs> you may not want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Hmm. So anyway, uh, for those that don't know, we're, we're recording this. It's the 24th of June. Uh, this past weekend was the... Max Father's, Father's Day, yes, it was Father's Day for us. Not, not out here though. In Australia, we have ours in September. Yeah, it's. But you know what's funny? Uh, quick side note: Don McAllister mentioned Father's Day in the UK and the United States is the same, but Mother's Day isn't. 
Hmm. Just odd, but that know, is odd. One of those weird it's things. That's with the Queen's birthday. I mean, we we don't celebrate it on the Queen's birthday. We have a Queen's birthday long weekend, and it's just like, yeah, we don't care about the Queen. We just want to go and have a, a long weekend. So yeah. yeah. But uh, this past week was Mac Stock, the first annual Mac Stock. I've already been told they're planning the second one, which I pray that next year I can make it work out to get there. You, uh, you and me both. And uh, yeah, because the tweets were killing me. I know, and the they, photos. <laughs> yeah, it was just killing me. And, I know, uh, I know. It's jealousy one hundred and one, isn't it? I mean, there's no uh, simple way to 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 put it. Other than you know what, we were all jealous. We all wanted to be there. It looked like a, an absolute blast of a time. And um, people, when you go to these events, stop posting the pictures. It makes us jealous, and 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 then we start to get bitter and twisted, and then we <laughs> we you know well talk badly to our loved ones and say, "Why didn't you let me go?" Oh, my, fam- my family could tell I was not in a good yeah. mood Saturday. Well, I'm, I'm bitter and twisted anyway, I mean, so just post they, the photos. They, they, should have, they should have streamed the the, the, uh, the speakers and that, or they should have recorded it and, and shown it down in a video podcast. I mean, Chuck was there, Chuck Joyner. I think they're it's going gonna, to some of it. I think some of, there are going to be some. I saw something on Google Plus about it. I, I'd absolutely love that, just... You know, obviously for me, it's much further to get to than you guys, so it would be a major um, expense to, to sort of come across for that. Um, but I'd, I'd still love to know the content. I'd still love to listen to what everyone had to say because they're all um, sort of peers of mine, I, I guess, in, in some way in the Mac community. And, um, you know, I, I value their opinions. I may not always agree with their opinions, but I do value them. And, and sometimes you... You get food for thought. Sometimes you think, oh, no, I don't agree with them on this. But then something comes up and you go, okay, I, I can see how that could be relevant. I could see how, you know, that piece of technology now makes a difference. Um, whereas I, I thought it was maybe something that didn't make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I was almost tempted to beg uh, Barry Falk, who put on the barbecue, to see if he would do kind of a pod feet style uh, stream with a computer set up there for anybody that wanted to uh, remotely, you know, drop in and, uh, you know, kind of peruse the party. Because uh, that was the one thing about, you know, out at Macworld, Allison would always set up her uh, little uh, booth there, and people would. I mean, that's where I uh, got to meet so Rod Roddenberry. Huh? We'll blame Allison for not doing that. There we go. She went. <laughs> they actually did talk about well, doing that. Well, they actually did talk about doing did, that, but I, I, for some reason it didn't work out. I don't remember. I haven't talked to Allison and Steve to find right. out. They actually well, did consider doing it, and then it rained on them, too. Yeah. So, mm. so understandable. Data is expensive unless you've got a landline connection to go with and, and streaming video and stuff. It, you know, it's problematic. Plus... You know, first time they, they ever did this conference, they wanted to be there and enjoy it and be part of it. And, and sometimes this comes back to a point that I, I sort of, you know, I'll go up and watch the kids at their school performances. And what I tend to see is everyone with their iPhones or Android phones or, or even cameras, and they're watching their kids through the viewfinder recording the event, which is great because you get to watch it back and, 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 and re enjoy it. But I found. You know, sometimes you're a bit too far back and you don't quite get the shot you want. Sometimes it's hard to see when you're looking at the through the the uh, even the iPhone screen. Where's the kid? You know, with, which one? Where's Natalia? Where's Nicholas? I can't see them properly. Sometimes it's better just to be in that moment. And I guess that's you know 
what I, I think with them because it was a first time event. It was everyone connecting together. Lots of people I hadn't even met before uh, were c- connecting and meeting up. Um, so it's just I can understand why adding some complexity would have just d- detracted um, from the, the experience. The comp- the experience itself. So I can understand that, but yeah, it is one of those things that please next year just set up a camera on a tripod, hit record, and, and, and just the whole stage. Who cares? We we don't need it to be recorded beautifully. Even just audio, hit hit record on something. Um yeah, they, so that we can they, have the audio that'd be great. They um I think they're gonna do a lot more. I think they're talking possibly multiple tracks next year and all kinds of different stuff. So I'm thoroughly looking forward to trying to clear my schedule and make it work. I think they did say they're going to try to avoid Father's Day weekend. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. uh, you, me, we get the Mac mommy there. Uh, who else uh, wanted to be there but couldn't? Um, you know, then you know, uh, issue a storm warning for the for Illinois there, and we'll have a grand old time. So <laughs> yeah, that, it could be fun. But I had to compensate myself some way for not being there. <laughs> so so I had a I had some store credit with Apple. So I made a purchase. I'm going to hold up so that they the mic and uh can I get it? Ooh. Oh, iPod. I bought myself a 7th gen Nano. Oh. Ooh, ooh, nice. So uh that was that was compensating here. I'll hold what, what it up. Color? Green. Very nice. Yeah, I got Natalia one of those a couple of years ago for Christmas, a, a purple one. I remember. And, um, yeah, and, and got it engraved and everything because it was a gift, of course. But they're cool. They're, they're just – I really I'm, – I'm disappointed with Apple in a certain way that they're minimizing the relevance of the iPod. And I, I mean, I've said for the longest time the iPod, along with the iMac, saved them. That brought the company back from obscurity to popularity. And I just feel, look, if you're not making any money or if you only sell 10 of them worldwide a year, you should still have that iconic iPod brand just there. I, I think it's a missed opportunity. I, I think um, that we're, as, as we move forward in, in technology, we're so easy to dismiss what came before to make it great. And I, sometimes I just feel, look, pay homage to where to, to that product that, that just made a difference to... Not only the company, but to many people's lives. I mean, we often talk, too, about music, the demise of music, and and music no longer being relevant. But then other people point to, well, we listen to music now more than ever before. Now, admittedly, most of that may be in the background. Kevin doesn't, of course, but he did buy a few songs a few months back. Um, But we've got all these streaming services, people use them, and they experience music. And this is all jumping off the back end of iPod. This is people saying, okay, is there a better way to have a a music library, a music collection, and and all this kind of stuff? So, yeah, it disappointed me when they removed, they put Apple Music up on the top banner, and then they removed iPod. That that was the final death knell of the iPod. Um, yeah, for me. You, you've really got to dig down to find the the new iPods. Where they're yes, at. this is actually a refurb, a sixteen mm-hmm. gig refurb that I got for ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. So I I've been saying the next time they come up on refurb, I'm going to snag one, and that's what I did. I mean, again, it's fifty dollars savings. You could argue, is it worth it? I said, yeah, because the last couple iPods that I bought, that's the way I've gotten them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, I mean, 
I've, I've been I've been toying with the idea of getting a uh, a new iPod Touch. I got the fourth gen, but I was thinking a sixty four gig uh, uh, new version. Just to put my music on, some videos, books. You know, my carry around entertainment center, if nothing else, if you want to call it that. Uh, because updated it, Mike. That, huh? That's the big problem. They haven't updated it in like two years, and it, it's so annoying. It, and it's right. an iOS device too. Mm-hmm. It, it was always that that iPod Touch was considered the uh, the the gateway drug to the iPhone, and it, they're just not even updating that anymore. It, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, and it's a little you know uh, frustrating. But I was thinking about getting one because my Bluetooth headphones I have can have two devices on, so I could still have my phone, so I could make and get phone calls with that and be able to listen to my music. And then that way, I don't have to sit there and go, you know, it, it hasn't been too bad, but I still have to kind of tightly manage my music on there. And I would just like to be able to have enough room that let's just put several different playlists on there, so I can have different moods when I want. Because sometimes I'm in a more of a mellow mood. I get mellow once in a while. And then sometimes I want, you know, some cleaning music or something like that. So um, I just wanted to be able to have the freedom to want to, to have, a, you know, a bunch of music on there to fit my taste, not, you know, just a select subset, of, probably a subset of, uh, you know, the music I have. Uh, and then throw some audio books on and, um, you know, just like I say, make it my a music device because I got a five iPhone 5, not even a 5S, it's still working well, hasn't been giving me issues. It, uh, I wouldn't mind a 6 or a 6 Plus or whatever, but um, the 5 is working fine, and all I need is just more space. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, and, and look, Mike, I'm exactly the same with the 16 right. gig 5S. It, you know, my music library, though, wouldn't even fit on the, the 128 gig um, iPhone. Um because I, I use a lot of lossless um, right. files. Now, if I was happy to go just purely iTunes match and just that quality, the 256 kilobit AAC files, no worries. I could probably fit it all on and, and still have maybe 20 gigs of space left. Um, but I value the sound of music. I value the sonic quality. And I don't just listen on headphones. I listen on my home stereo with it. I'll stream it. Uh, I'll listen... And, and the, the dock I've got in the kitchen that, that hooks up to a decent speaker system. So um, it's sort of I, I want the best quality I can get so that when I do use the better quality uh, speakers throughout my house uh, and I don't feel like necessarily getting up, putting a CD on or a vinyl record on, then, hey, I, I've got it and it sounds great. Um, and, look, I do compare. I do compare it to the iTunes version that, that you get and uh, the iTunes, especially with iTunes Match and there's always just a more harshness in the iTunes version versus even, say, the CD uh, version that I've ripped to lossless. There's just – and it's hard to explain, but it's more ear-piercing, I guess. It, mm. it's, that there's just that, har- I, I guess, uh, harmonic signature. Maybe even a noise floor is slightly different, but it just – it's a calmer music. The, the uncompressed audio direct from CD, I find, right. um, than the iTunes Match stuff. That doesn't mean iTunes Match is bad. It just means, look, if you compare it, you'd notice the difference. If you never compared it, you'd never notice the difference. And you go, you know what? The iTunes stuff is great. Right. I'm happy with that. Uh, it's but- just I compare, so... Well, you know, the thing is, you know, like I said before, I'm listening over a vacuum cleaner or something else. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, uh, uh, Bluetooth headphones, which is going to be the highest quality, I just want... Uh, 
I don't want to say noise, but I want uh, something that uh, it, it music motivates me. So I want something to you know. There's times when I'm getting to the end of a you know a eight hour shift and I, my tail's kind of dragging. I'll throw in some. Uh, I got a, a playlist called Fast, uh, and um, yeah. And it's just got some music that'll kind of, you know, uh, keep me, uh, you know, get me pumped up a little bit to kind of coast through the rest of the day. And I just want to be able to have, and, you know, and I'm not, and I've said before, I'm not doing the uh, iTunes thing. I'm, I've got Amazon. I'm happy enough with that. And you know, they'll let you download, um, you know, you don't have to necessarily buy the music as long as you're a Prime member. You can download the stuff you want to listen to. So, uh, I've got a few songs on there that I've downloaded. I, I think I, well, some of them I'll consider buying. I've really gotten hooked on uh, Hart's version of Stairway to Heaven that they've done at the uh, uh, Kennedy Center Honors for Led Zeppelin. So that's a song that I think I, uh, I'll I'll purchase uh, just because I like that one. And the ones that I really like, I'll purchase. But it, it, it's a nice way for me to sample some albums if I like Definitely. it. And, and the nice thing is it's offline because I've, you know, I've bemoaned here before that I can't connect at school. So i got to be able to download stuff. I can't mm-hmm. stream it per se. So I can download it and I can sit there. And you know the ones that I really like would miss if for some reason I got rid of Prime or uh, Amazon said, nope, we're done. You know, pull the plug. I, I want those songs that... Uh, I just wouldn't want to live without. So, and you know, I like it that way. And like I say, I just uh, my whole collection. I've been kind of paring it down because I had some of my daughter's stuff in there, and really, uh, Katy Perry. Well, there's one or two songs that's fine, but most of it, you know, whoosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the other, you know, teenage songs that. Well, I, I'm a teenager at heart, but some of this new music, you know, darn kids. Uh, so I've been kind of getting Get off rid of my some lawn. Of Yes, no kidding. Uh, so I've been kind of squeezing my uh, uh, library down, but I think I'm still at like yeah, 50 gigs or something like this. So conceivably, I could probably shoehorn it on there, but I don't know that I would want it all. But I want, you know, like say a good subset, you know, maybe throw on a Carpenter's album. And uh, nice. I, yeah, like I say, I, I, my music taste, maybe not as wide ranging. I haven't like gotten a classical or jazz or any of that stuff, but I still like some country. I like some old classic rock and roll. I like some of the new stuff. You know, I'm I within a kind of a subset or you know small range or uh, yeah a range anyway. I like uh, to vary my music and you know just depending on what mood I'm in. And I kind of want that option and not just have to go. You know, you got like 200 songs on here. Deal with it. So mm. no, I, I mean I understand that. You know the like I said the I got it off the Reverb Store. The one good thing with the current generation iPod Touch that an Apple did announce at WWDC, if you buy that current one, it's going to support iOS nine. Now I don't know how well it'll run it, mm. but it but it's going to support it. So I I just wish they'd update it because it, it for gaming and so forth it's just not there anymore. It, it's it's such a shame. Yeah, no, it, it is. It, it it's really it's really a bummer. And because like you were saying, you should remember where you came from, or the old saying around here, you got to dance with the one that brung you. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just going back to the, the capacity issue that Mike was talking about, you know, where he doesn't really want to have everything with him on the one device, I, I certainly get that. The reason why I do, though, is because I don't want to have to keep syncing and updating playlists and so forth. It's right. just one of those things where it's like, please. And this is why when iTunes match, hoping that that would be the one-stop shop, you know, I, I turned it off for the last couple of months and, and did it differently and, and went back to syncing via iTunes. No, I turned it back on this last weekend and iTunes match still just skips or it stops or it stutters. It's just ridiculous. Uh, it's good for backup, but look, I couldn't do that in OneDrive and 
you know, because I, I just resubscribed for another 12 months of iTunes Match, and I just went, why? Why, why did I pay my $34.99 for that? Because it, it doesn't do what I want it to do and what it was advertised to do. It's got problems. And, um, yeah, and, and but, yeah, I, look, I'd just like to have that one big uh, iPod with even expandable storage. I mean, I've been looking at other MP3 players. There's, you know, quite a few on the market at the moment that go high res. And I'm not necessarily concerned about the high res aspect of it. I mean, that, for me, I'd definitely go into. But what I'm interested in, like Sony's released some Walkmans and so forth that allow you to put uh, SD cards in them, uh, the micro SDs and expand the storage on them, so you can conceivably have 256 gigs of music on this little device that's around about the same size as the Nano and only about $50 to $100 more expensive. And that's interesting to me. The, the part that's not interesting to me, though, is things like the uh, Bose dock I have in the kitchen that's got the lightning connector on it. These Sony proprietary devices don't use lightning connectors. So, you know, and then if I want to airplay it, I, I can't airplay it from, from that. I've got to go a different way. Yes, it supports Bluetooth and so forth, but it doesn't support airplane. You know, I mean, that's just the nature of different companies. And, you know, Sony's not going to support what Apple does and vice versa very much. And uh, it's a shame because there, there are other options. I, I mean, I've been even considering Neil Young's Pono player uh, because of the expandable storage um, and also because it's got an incredibly good DAC in there. Um, but... At the same time, again, it doesn't connect seamlessly and well to everything I've currently got. Apple definitely has the market when it comes to portable music playback because all the speaker manufacturers uh, and all the hardware manufacturers build in AirPlay. They build in uh, lightning adapters. So I don't want to say I'm stuck, but I, I feel at times that I am stuck because if I go to another company and go, well, that's really cool. It's like, yeah, but that's really only for headphone listening. And look, I can do that. I've got a portable CD player that I love, but I don't use it as much because I've got to have the headphones with me and I use it in a certain circumstance. Usually it's when the kids are around and home during the holidays yeah. and I want to get some reading done. I want to listen to some music or I just want to chill out and the kids are running through the house and I'm like, you know what? Headphones, boom, gone. And I'm, I'm in my happy land. Um, but it, it just, again, that doesn't connect to everything seamlessly. Apple's right. really done that connectivity well. I mean, people can complain yeah. about the connections and, um, and 30 pin to lightning and so forth, but it's perfect. It works. You get the high quality, the high res coming out of that, that lightning connector too. So anyone interested who does want to put pseudo quality sound, because that's the maximum Apple will support is pseudo quality sound. And technically, that's not true. They do go DVD quality, but DVDs are, quality is a, a different um, encoding format to traditional MP3 or AAC. So it's slightly different. Um, but they support CD quality. And when you've got the CD quality going from that out to a speaker, it's beautiful. It sounds as good. And I'm like, I'm like making a joke about this or kidding about this. It sounds as good as having the actual CD in a good quality CD player because... The DAC in the iPhone is good. It's not great. Um, there are better out there. But for what it is, it's pretty good and all in one, one unit. But the, um, 
the, the little lightning output, if you can output the, the music from there into any speaker system, you're getting a bit perfect. It doesn't go through any conversion. The speaker or the amplifier then handles the conversion. Um, or, the, or, for instance, the docks with the, the speaker docks. Right. They've got the little amplifier built in, so as long as it's a high-quality speaker dock, generally you're going to get better quality going digital straight out and let the, the speaker dock handle the sound. Well, you know, even this little thing does Bluetooth, so I could pair it with a mm-hmm. Bluetooth speaker upstairs and and stream the uh, sixteen songs that I have to it just over and over <laughs> and over again. So, well, and you know, one other option I think I've considered, and probably mentioned here before too. I've also thought about getting a Mophie uh, Space Pack, which adds battery plus you can get up to sixty four gigs of storage on there. But you know, that's two hundred and forty nine dollars. It would be extra battery too. But I mean, I can go to the refurb store and i was just looking that up and i can get a refurb 64 gig uh ipod uh fifth generation for 239 i mean mm-hmm. i'd be carrying two devices around but you know that's that's the other problem with the the separate devices like i i like the nano and i've often thought oh okay i could probably live with a nano it's 16 gigs then of of music that i could carry with me so it's a decent portion of my library but I think the, the big thing is, do I want to carry two devices with me? That's, I'd, I'd love a iPhone manufacturer to make a, a case for the iPhone that can fit. You just slip the, the uh, iPod Nano into the case and have a clear case on the outside. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like that. Then be more compact. Um, but see, the, the iPhone does spoil you. That, that's the big problem is that all-in-one device and you just go... I, I mean, I, I look at it and I go, okay, instead of buying all these other little devices, would it be better for me to go and buy a larger capacity iPhone? Now, in Australia, our conversion rate's really bad at the moment against the US dollar. So to get a 128 um, gig iPhone uh, 6, just standard 6, we're talking almost $1,300. Oh. So, yeah. Because I buy them without a plan. I, I don't like plans. I don't like being signed in for two years. I, I don't like being um, screwed, basically, by the telecommunications companies. Um, I like to just be able to say, you know what, if I want to make calls this month, great, I'll put credit on. If I don't, I, I won't. And uh, I don't make a lot of calls anyway. So, I mean, they, they offer things like, oh, you know, you can get 200 minutes of calls per month or 500 minutes of calls per month, and it's like, yeah, I don't care about that. Give me data. I'll, I'll forego all of that. Give me 10 gigabytes of data on this thing, and I'll be a happy man. Um, so th- there's just no point really for me going that way. But at the same time, I don't have that kind of money to just throw away on an iPhone. Um, no, I understand that. That that makes that makes perfect sense. It, but I but I am a person that carries multiple devices. I'm carrying my iPhone. I carry my Android phone. And I carry my iPod, mm-hmm. but the iPod docks into my car, and that's pretty much where it stays. Yep. You know, during and so the- I, I do a lot of walking too. So um, you know, I, I do uh, probably six and a half, seven kilometers per day, and um, so I'm sort of out, out and about. So anything extra is kind of you know weighs down the pants pocket. You know. <laughs> 
Well, and I, I've talked about my saddlebag that I got there. Yeah, steady, Kevin, just steady. Uh, <laughs> I've got my saddlebag there, and so you know, I don't have a problem. My wife's always telling me, "Yeah, you shouldn't be weighing down your pants," because I got, um, I, like I said, I got my holster there, and I already have my iPod Fourth Touch in there. But the problem is, a, it's only thirty-two gig. The battery is getting a little. Uh, a little weak, so if you kick on, uh, do anything with the screen, your battery just starts to plummet. Um, and so, if I, you know, it's fine still for playing music, but if I turn the screen on, then your battery starts to uh, um, get a little weak. And so, I was just thinking, sixty-four gig, new battery, new device, you know, uh, new capabilities. Um, yeah. So, you know, like I said, I've, I've considered it because, uh, like I, said, I do like my music and uh, and. Uh, I am in, in my own way sort of OCD in certain things that I there's certain songs that I like certain groups of songs I need to and that's why I would uh, when I'm home here uh, Amazon's got their streaming station so I try to play them so I've discovered a few new songs along the way I'm trying to force myself out and, and discover new stuff once in a while but uh, oh yeah Kevin new stuff I know it just drives you up a wall it gives you the willies <laughs> but um you know, just trying to discover some uh, some new uh, music there to you know enlarge my library a little bit, and so. Uh, but once I do find it, yeah, then I want to be able to download it and have it with me. And so today, I feel like this or that or you know something else. And there are songs I like for a while, and I get tired of them, but I want to go back to them. I'm kind of like Ario Speedwagon. I like them for a while, and then I listen to them for too long, and I need to take a break and then come back. And so I just want to have the stuff there. So as I cycle through my different you know uh, tastes and you know whatever uh, I. Want to listen to? I got it there, and I don't have to go. Oh, I wish I had the song downloaded or whatever. So mm. now, I, you know, I completely understand that. And there's a lot of ways to bridge this gap. We've talked before. You know, the the devices you can buy that you can stream, uh, like the Kingston Mobile Light thing I have. I can stream. Mm-hmm. I can stream stuff from my Android phone or my mm-hmm. iOS devices. I can stream, t- mm. you know, stuff from there. So that's and more, got- it's just extra crap to carry. Well, I've well, got one of those, app. too. You've got to use their own apps. Yes. It, it doesn't link into the music app no. or even a third-party music app like CanOpener that I use. Right. If it would link into a third-party music app that I'd prefer, I'd probably be happy. Um, mm. So that that's another reason why they're cool because I, I like that idea. But for using it on a regular basis, it's like, eh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> to me, it just doesn't give enough functionality i mean that's why i don't use the music app a lot because it really is underpowered and the the eq presets are pretty crappy uh they always have been apple has always just had stock standard presets and and never given the user the the customizable uh presets and it's just irritating. It's like, okay, you know, I want a little bit more bass here, yeah, but you put bass booster on and all of a sudden all you get is doof-doof music. And it's like, mm. no, Hotel California does not sound like doof-doof music. I, I need clarity, but I need the bass line to come out a little bit better and stuff what, like that. What, so. Wait, well, back, back up. What is doof-doof music? Doof-doof-doof. Have you ever heard, you know... You're like, driving down the street and you, the car the pulls up beside you and... I know what you hear. Boom. Boom, 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 oh, boom. I just call it shit. And it's like, yeah, what? What? You just playing it on loop or something? <laughs> you know? Well, it's it's the it's uh, these it's people that have that these. Yeah, it, they have a you know a fifty thousand dollar stereo system in a five dollar car. So it, you know, right? Pretty much. 
Yeah, it's just it's like whoa, people people back off and see. I'm the, I'm an odd man because I turn the bass way out of music. I don't like I I like very little bass in a music. My wife, when I occasionally listen to music, she goes, "Why do you have the bass off?" I said, "It's not off. It's just turned down." She said, "No, it's what? off because I have it. I have it just as just above off. I don't like a lot of because it." It gives me a headache if there's much bass in music. My God, I can't imagine listening to OCDC, Van Halen, any music that you <laughs> do listen to, Kiss, yeah. uh, any music like that without a little bass. I mean, well, I, I might saying, turn it up a I'm little just saying, bit. turn it up all the way, but, but you need to hear a, no. a little more bass in those tracks. You need to feel the bass. I like to feel yes, it in my bones. Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. no, 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 I couldn't do that. Well, what I would like, I would like it if some, Kevin, I would like it if somebody would make a music suit that you would wear on your body and just kind of pump the, you know, pump it in, you know, so you could feel it in your bones. I mean, literally feel it in your bones. That'd be cool. Somebody reminded me, and I think it might have been. I was listening to something, and John Braun, I think it might have been him that was talking about it. They used to make these headphones that kind of fit around, and I forget what they were called, Bonophone. Or something like a couple of weeks ago that came up and oh, that's right, bone inductions. Yeah, bone induction. Well, they also made one that went around your neck. Oh, that did it that way. Well, Uh, some of these I don't know if they're true bone induction. I think they're just some of them are like speakers, but they they go right here by your ear, uh, so it'll take it. I don't know if it's the true bone induction. because people can hear, you know, the music beside you can hear. But I've thought about it because I do like to listen to my music. And maybe I'll experiment with that at some point. Uh, but I do like to listen to stuff. But where I work, I like to have my ears free so I can hear. And the problem with earphones is, you know, you got something. Even I've tried the uh, the ones you hang off your ear and hang in front of your ear. They work, but, you know, they still block the sound a little bit. And as I get older and I've turned the music up too loud, my hearing's getting a little. I shouldn't have in, uh, obstructions in front of my ears. But I have told with those yeah what huh <laughs> louder i can't hear you um but uh i've toyed about uh, uh, with getting those and then being able, uh, you have them on there because you know at this point people already know i'm freaking weird at work and really don't care if i have like something over my head so you know well, i think what you should get mike is uh one of those uh uh what did they advertise them a few years ago that you could take this little thing that by itself made no noise but if you like stuck it on a wall uh-huh. Or a cup, or a can, or something like that. It it may turn that into the speaker, and then it could turn your mouth into the speaker. When you start singing, people go, "Wow, Mike can really sing!" <laughs> and he gets music out of his mouth as well. <laughs> you, you could be walking around singing uh, some aria from some opera, and they're going, "Wow!" And then the next thing you do a little uh, ACDC or something, and sing that, and they go, "Wow, what a musical range, Mike has!" Sure. Yeah, they'd believe that every you know, and I could just strap it right here in my voice box, so I'd just go through the vocal cords. And, there you and, go. Yeah, I just have this thing, just you know, strapped to my throat. Purity of sound. That's it. It would. Just, <laughs> it, would right. it would just. You would be the the. What is the? How does the saying go? You would be but a vessel for the, for the. I oh, well, I'm an imperfect vessel for the perfection of the universe. That's it. That's the phrase I was thinking of. Yes. Uh, Credit to Andy Anako. I don't know if he originated it, but he's popularized it. Yes, he has. I've heard it before, but yeah, he did really make it popular. So, but yeah, that was the long story short. That was my purchase to compensate me mentally for not being at Mac and Stock and not being there at Barry's to 
partake in the barbecue. I've already started looking at the train routes and train tickets to get there next year, whether I go that way or whether I decide to hoof it on the drive it up there because it's about nine or ten hours. So. Well, see what what I I had considered doing because Julie's just up the road in Fargo and there's a Amtrak station there. I had thought about going up there and then her and I could go down together. But this year she went from Omaha straight to Chicago because she was doing her developer school down there. So I suppose I still could have gone up and caught a train, but I, I I prefer to have an experienced traveling partner like the digital vagabond at my side there to help me navigate this stuff. So. <laughs> Well, the train's always a fun trip. I actually looked at it. I didn't realize there's two ways to get from my area to Chicago. There's there's a fairly direct route that comes out of the nation's capital, out of Washington D.C., and goes up. But that's not the. It's I, it doesn't have the type of accommodations I'd want for being on the train that long. Not like I had when I was coming back from Florida. Mark remembers what I was in. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if I actually go a little further south and loop up. I can do. I can get those type of accommodations and have a better experience. So, I looked at that, and I, if I decide to go, I actually might do that. I might go south, go <laughs> south, and then go west, and then come back up into Chicago from that direction just to go. get better accommodations. It's not much longer. It's only okay. two hours longer. I was going to say going to L.A. by way of Omaha. Another yeah. old song reference. I yeah, think they do drop in. Yeah. There, yeah. Um, but and you know, and I'm the great unwashed masses, so I could probably just get on whatever cattle car goes out of Fargo, and I would probably well until I've experienced it. Maybe I would change my mind, but I think as long as, like, I say, you know, if I can travel with Julie, I'm sure her and I can BS for the was it ten hours? I think the train ride would be, or whatever it ends up being, or maybe it's thirteen hours. That's a lot shorter for me. It's anywhere from. Of course, they make stops. It's like right. I think it's between seventeen and twenty hours on the train. I want to say maybe it's thirteen because I think it's ten hours if you drove. Um, that's what it is for me to drive between nine and ten. Right. So. Uh, like I say, we, we, there's next year. Maybe I'll you know I'll get my crap crowd here. And like I say, I'm sure Julie will probably go next year because and you know I really wished I could have been there because Mac Vader from the Netherlands was there. And oh yeah, um, Martin, he was there. Oh yes, he was cracking me up. He and I were exchanging <laughs> messages and. Uh, it was too funny. He's a great guy. Everybody should meet uh, uh, Martin. He's just something else to. He's something else to talk to. So. So anyway, that's that's my little my little rant, I guess for for lack of a, a better way to say it, how I made up for compensated for not making it to to Mac stock. Excuse me, I got a burp and I'm trying to avoid it so people don't hear it. Um, but I had another idea. I was coming home and I was thinking about how could I cheese off Mark. But then I thought, yeah, I, yeah, it's so hard to do. Yeah, how could we maybe get a little rant out of Mark? Yeah, that's not uh, hard to do either. We already got one of those, so it's okay. We're okay there. I'm looking for a quarter around my office here somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Toss a quarter at him. But I was thinking, I was listening to a podcast, and I'm not going to mention which one it was, and they were talking about the Apple Watch, and they were gushing over it, and. You know, I've said before, it's not something I want, it's not something I'm interested in, but I was taking a passing interest in the watch. Mm. But the more I hear about it, I want it even less than I did before. <laughs> so it's interesting. It, it, yeah, it's it, the more I hear about it, it's like, it, this just sounds annoying. This sounds like, you know, having something probing my body in some way that I don't want the damn thing to do. 
So yeah, but where know, are you going to wear it, Kevin? On my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's one of those things I'm going, you know, how... Well, it's how, not on the inner thigh. Yeah. No, 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 definitely not there. That's where I put your picture. The um, <laughs> oh, good Lord. That's where I have your face tattooed. No, I'm sick. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Mike's just going to get sick now and throw up. Um, oh, I want to as well. But, uh, you know, like I said, my opinion of that has gone down. But yet the more I hear people talk about the MacBook, as much as I railed against that when it first came out, now I'm starting to get interested in the MacBook. So it, it amazes me. I'm not buying either one. I mean, nothing's. I'm not purchasing either one. I don't have the money for either one. But it amazes me how, as time passes, technology that I don't even own, I'm changing my opinion. I'm getting a stronger dislike for the watch. I'm starting to increase my desire as I start to hear people do... I think it's more real-world experiences with the MacBook where I could see where it could fit. I can see more now where it could fit my... Uh, I don't want to say lifestyle, my my mobile work ethic or, or process. So what I wanted to ask both of you is, you know, how, does, does this happen to you, or am, am, or am oh, yeah. I the odd man out on this instance? You're maybe not, not odd at all. Maybe not tech products. I've kind of, as you were talking, I've kind of, my operating systems, I've kind of, uh, like I said, I've, I've always said I've never had a strong allegiance. Uh, I started out well, we'll skip the early stuff, but I mean, I did Windows because that was the game in town, and then I started getting frustrated about the ME uh, early XP part of Windows, um, and so I started embracing Linux. I did that for quite a while. I was a big Linux convert, and Linux is still fine. I would like to sit down and use it, but you know, part of the problem is there. I wanted to play games. Well, Linux isn't so much. Well, then I... Um, uh, I've talked about that uh, the kid in town that set up the computer shop. He got me hooked on Macs, and you can play games on Macs. And you know the the uh, the OSX operating system is still a good operating system. Um, but now I'm kind of starting to go back to Windows again because of the gaming thing. I still like OS, uh, you know, the Mac stuff. But I wouldn't mind. I've been seriously thinking about getting a Windows gaming computer um, because I'm starting to do gaming stuff. Um, and just something portable. I'm thinking about it, but you know how? I, again, I bought my MacBook Pro because I thought I was going to be moving around. But it's been more of a desktop than it has been, you know, a laptop, a mobile. But I just have this urge to, you know, buy, like, say, a Windows gaming machine. Um, and so, you know, like I say, I've kind of come and gone in this different stuff. And you know, for my, for me, the operating system, I'm kind of coming back around. I'm not going to abandon Mac, but Windows, you know, it sucks less now. They've thrown some stuff in that you know I find appealing. Um, you know, there's not quite the you know like in Mac. I do like Text Expander. I do like some of those other things. And I don't know if they're they're maybe the equivalent in Windows, but I don't know if it would work as well. Um, things like like yeah, Text Expander, Pop Clip, so you can highlight something and you know just click on the thing to search for it. And you know just those little tweaks that make the system easier to use. But uh, like I say, Windows has gotten to the point where. Um, like I said, I wouldn't uh, leave Mac for it, but... Uh, you said that. You made me think here's Mark, Microsoft's new uh, marketing strategy. Windows, it sucks less now. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, does, actually. Oh, and yeah. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. Oh, I'm right. just saying, yeah, that's marketing material. <gasps> Come back to Windows. It sucks less. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, it should do an ad like that. It would work. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, would, it would be like the... The Apple ads where, Mac you know, versus. the Mac versus PC. I mean, poking fun at yourself 
from a, a company standpoint, does actually work. Yes, Kevin, you can poke yourself. Um, you know, look, look, you know, I've had similar experiences like what Mike is. Uh, Kevin, keep the shirt down. <laughs> it's disturbing when I'm trying to talk. Um, look, I, I've had a similar attitude with Windows, and look, I, I've, I'm not shy in saying that I like what Windows is doing. Um, even in the phone and tablet space, I think they're doing some cool things. They're certainly still the, the gaming platform of choice. Um, the Mac is getting a lot more games on it. Like if you look at Steam and, and even Linux is supporting is more supported on Steam now than it was. The the, the universal codecs and, and um and programming languages and that are certainly helping making it much easier to port these games across and they actually play pretty well. I think what I like about the, the Mac side things with gaming is there's less setup involved. There's less mm. fine tweaking. It's more automatic. You don't need to necessarily know the ins and the outs of the hardware. You can play it reasonably well on... Kevin, stop it, please. <laughs> uh, you, you can play it reasonably well on most Macs as long as it's supported. Right. Whereas those, if it's the minimum requirements that you're hitting, boy, it's not the greatest experience in the world. You're going to be pretty disappointed. Frame rates are going to be poor and, and so forth. So I, I think that there's... I mean, that's in, in part due to developers saying, well, yeah, it will work on this. And that's great. It will work, but it's not the experience that we all want. Well, it's kind of uh, like iOS 8 was on uh, your wife's phone. The 4S and it just wasn't a great experience. Definitely. It, you know, sometimes it's not worth putting it on these devices or, or these computers if it's not going to be great. Um, I mean, look, I, I've been looking, I think we spoke a while back about the... Um, the, the gaming PCs that connect up to your TV, they're, you know, they're, they're an Alienware um, unit, so they've got a good reputation behind them. You can swap out everything, the CPU, everything but the graphics card, that's fixed. Uh, can swap out the hard drive and so forth. Really, really good. Um, I, I'm still considering one. It's just, I, I toss it up, do I want that or do I want to go down the PlayStation route, do I want to go down the Xbox route, and I'm still not 100% sure. I like the idea, though, of... The reason why I'd stay clear of Xbox and stay clear of PlayStation is the games are just too expensive. You look at a Steam weekend sale and you can get, you know, <laughs> at least one AAA title that's $10 or less. And yeah. I just yep. look at that and, I, and, and sometimes $5 or less. And it's just like, really? Wow, that is so cheap. It's like buying something from the iOS app store. And, you know... Then you start to complain about the price of iOS apps, hence why they went within in-app purchasing and stuff like that. And it's like, but it's really, really small and minuscule in comparison to to paying, uh, you know, fifty and sixty dollars for a PlayStation or an Xbox game. You know, you don't mind if you spend ten dollars and you don't finish the game or you don't feel compelled to to finish the game. You don't really care that much at that price point. But, boy, if you pay more, you kind of go, geez, that's, yeah, I'm not happy with that. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and you said you said the Steam sale. And, yeah, I dropped some money because they had their summer sale uh, last weekend, I think it was. or Yeah, I think it was last weekend. And, you know, okay, I dropped 120 bucks, but I got, I think it was the 2K collection, I think it was. So I got, like, all the Bioshock games. And uh, I already had some of the Borderland games. And then there was, I think... I forget what was, what was all in that collection, but then I um, I got um, 
I bought a few other games, some XCon and uh, uh, a whole bunch. Of, I got like 20, 30 games, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them, the Civilization games, some of them I already had. But, I mean, it would have been a better value if I would have had less of those games. I already had a bunch of them. Yeah. But uh, uh, Duke Nukem uh, Forever. Um which I, I've heard things about it. it came out pretty bad. I want to see if it's you know improved. But I got a whole bunch of those. And, but you know, like I say, it probably worked out to maybe, I maybe twelve dollars a game, or you know maybe even six dollars a game by the time out. And you know if I play them all, and I help to play them all because there's some interesting ones in there. But uh, yeah, like I say, for that price, uh, and some of them are playable on Mac, so I could play them on yep. here if I want to. Uh, and that's the nice thing about Steam; it's cross-platform as long as yeah, the developers support. Yeah, yeah. If, if they support it. And some of those games, like I say, I, I'm pretty sure... Well, I know uh, Civilization has always been pretty good cross-platform. And, and yeah. XCOM, which is from uh, FireX, the Civilization people. And so a lot of them are cross-platform. But uh, yeah, right now, I've kind of embraced the Steam thing. Um, although, I, you know, the thing I've been lusting after is NVIDIA. I got my... You know, we talked about my tablet on here. Uh, mm-hmm. NVIDIA's come out with an Android TV, the uh, Shield... Console, I think it is NVIDIA Shield cool. Console. Yeah, and it's got you know their current uh, Tegra was a 256 core you know processor in it or whatever you know their Tegra thing is, um, and you can get it in either a 16 gig model or a 500 gig. 500 gig is like 300 dollars, but mm-hmm. you know you got 500 gigs of storage on there. It's an Android TV, so you can do the Android TV stuff. Uh, you can do their uh, streaming. Uh, uh, games on there, which is how I've gotten introduced to Borderland and some of those things. So you can stream the game, so you don't necessarily have to buy it. And I'm looking to see what their subscription rate is going to be. Right now, they're still getting it up and running, so they're not charging yet. But I want to see what it's going to be when they do start charging and the games that are on there. I mean, that could be a way if you pay $10 a month and play whatever mm-hmm. games you want. I'm hoping it'll be about the 10 I might even consider the $12 level, but we'll see what they charge. But if you can do that and just whatever, then you're not locked into a game. You can just sit there. As long as the streaming works, you know, it gets a little yep. a little janky on my tablet anyway. Hopefully if it's and, hardwired. And that's, of course, in. the problem with Australia, too. We don't have the local, oh, yeah. right. local servers. I'd, I'd yep. love to have that, that mm-hmm. system that you've got, Mike, but mm-hmm. it's just been right. impossible. It just would not be a good experience. No. Yeah. And you know the uh, you mentioned something, Mark, about the Xbox. Did you hear mm-hmm. at E3 they're talking the Xbox backwards, uh, backwards compatible, so you can oh, play, yeah. play 360 games on it. Which that, is- that's very cool because there's a lot of great 360 games. I mean, this should have been done yeah. straight out of the box, in my opinion. And um, cheap. Yeah, definitely. They're they're much cheaper at this point in time. If you want to pick them up secondhand or even brand new, um, they're they're cheaper. I think the thing is, though, it's only going to be on select games. I've got to go through a, a program with Microsoft to get them ticked onto the system. So it's going to be a bit clunky. It's not as backwards compatible as, say, the Wii uh, U is, where you can just take the, the Wii games, pop them in, and everything works. Uh, so it's not going to be quite universal. It, it's good that they've done it, though, and I'm, I'm glad that they've done it. But at the same time, I just go, yeah, okay, well, that should have happened two years ago when they launched the system. Um, the other thing that I look at with Steam too is you buy a game today and it will work in five years' time, it will work in 10 years' time. In 20 years' time, you'll still be able to play that game that you bought this week because it stays there in the digital lockbox library. You can download it if you want and just have the, the install sitting on a hard drive somewhere. But the, the best part about it is that 
you you do have that backwards compatibility. I can go and play, you know, uh, so for instance, the first couple of Assassin's Creed games uh, purchased off, purchased off Steam. Yet, um, if I wanted them on the PlayStation Four uh, and previously the Xbox uh, One, I'd have to repurchase them, and um, you know, and play them differently. And oh, Kevin's got Assassin's Creed Three, awesome on the Wii U. Uh, very good game that one, Kevin. I've got that one. It's, nine it's, nine dollars. Yeah, fantastic. Right, and I think Trust I bought. Me, enjoy it. Yeah, I bought the Yeah, the same one, Assassin's Creed three through, uh, through Steam on a sale they had for like five dollars. Um, yep. And I just need to sit and play. And the other thing about uh, Steam is too, as long as it's in the house on the same network, I can yep. play. I can have the game play on the Windows computer. And yep. so I can stream it to my Mac, so then I can play all of the games. Doesn't matter if it's Windows or Lin- or you know Mac. It's being streamed, and then uh, like I said, I couldn't take it outside the network. That won't work. I wish there was a way that you could flip that switch and do that, uh, but you can do that. Um, and um, so then you know I could still inside the house use my Mac for playing my games, and I've tried it with uh, Borderlands, and I don't notice any. Uh, noticeable lag or anything mm-hmm. it's it seems to work pretty good uh so you know that would certainly be a you know consideration in the house here and then the other thing i've uh too is uh razor and i don't think they've released it yet but they're going to work on a streaming uh solution where i think it's any um what's um the um graphic driver that windows um DirectX. DirectX, there we go, that's the one. Uh, as long as it's, uh, you know, Direct, I think they said X9, 10, or 11, it'll play it. So you don't have to be, you know, uh, you don't have to be locked into a certain uh, uh, ecosystem. I think you could do Steam games, uh, I believe. Uh, but, you know, like, uh, even I think the games that I have on CDs, I mean, I'd have to put the CD in to make the damn thing work. That's which, another thing why I like Steam, you don't have to have the CDs there to make it work. But, yeah. uh, you know, if that would work... Um, then I could play all these games, you know, anywhere I want in the house. I could sit out in the backyard and, you know, play games if I wanted to, which is what I'm looking for, just basically the mobility to do what I want. Um, but like I said, that's kind of an interesting thing. And uh, Razor, I kind of, uh, I kind of like them. I almost was considering, uh, you know, my, I maybe along the same lines as Kevin, I was thinking about compensating my woes for not being able to go to max stock. I was considering Razor's got a, I don't remember the name right now. Uh, is it the Black Widow Ultimate or whatever? It's a um, mechanic. Well, it's not a mechanical keyboard, but it's got a built-in LCD trackpad. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I've seen pictures of it. Or yeah, video so, of it. I mean, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, the uh, the trackpad maybe doesn't. Um, the potential doesn't live up to it. But it could. You so you can put different over. Uh, uh, you don't put. Um, how do I want to put this? You uh, push some buttons and uh, it'll put up there. So it can be a number pad, it can be a track pad, or it can be a dedicated game um, control for, like, if you got games, you can make macros and stuff like that. It was like, uh, to buy it from Razer is like $250, I think it is. Amazon's got it for like $150. But like I say, it's a little uh, LCD screen, uh, basically a little phone screen built in there, touch screen. Uh, you know, that was interesting, but I just don't know if it would work with you know, the games I want, but then the other one I was looking, but like I said, I like the Razer ecosystem because, um, you can program this different stuff. Cause I do have their, um, I forgot the name, but it's the, uh, um, 
their control pad, little keyboard, the five by five keyboard on there. So and I use that a lot. So when I'm playing, uh, you know, Borderlands, I'm working on other games. You may have to tweak it a little bit. So I can sit there with this hand and do your, you know, your backwards forwards. Like, and then I use a trackball over here for my aiming and turning mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And that works pretty good. Uh, and then so I sit back in my gaming chair. Yes. It, it, I'll try not to get too far away from the microphone, but <laughs> lean back and put my feet up in the recliner. And I got my little desk, uh, my little lap desk getting put on there. So I got everything because I do occasionally need the real keyboard. But I can just sit there and play the game. Or if I want to, I can leave the lap desk off and put one on each arm of the chair and sit there and do it that way. But I just want, the, you know, comfortable gaming. I want the lean back and kick ass, uh, uh, you know way of uh, gaming so yeah you know. and certainly where you feel like gaming too i mean that's the one limitation with the xbox one you are tied to the tv the playstation 4 does give you the option of, of playing on the the playstation vita i mean the vita and the playstation portable with two systems i absolutely love um they're they're both great um just playing um capabilities for that portable gaming type thing they're just really really good but the the big problem of course is you're you're pretty much tied to that network while the playstation option yeah you can go on 3g and 4g uh networks the data to to drive it is just immense it's massive and um so it, it sort of defeats the purpose unfortunately but it's um yeah it's really it's interesting i like I wish the the Wii U would actually their tablet would have a better range as well. It's got such a short range. Um, oh, for the know, gamepad. For the gamepad, it's just it really doesn't give you the option to go into another room um, and continue playing it unless you sit right next to the wall that's connecting. You know, that's in the room that the 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 console's in. So certainly being able to take a laptop or, or a gaming laptop, like a, an Alienware laptop out with you or something, that's ideal that, you know, that sort of, and that can be your computer too. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I think people forget that, that these Alienware systems um, are just gaming systems mm-hmm. and nothing more. And certainly Steam makes it so that you've got the big, what is it called, Mike, the, Mike, the, uh, the big picture mode, is it? Yeah, big or, picture mode. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, where it looks like a console. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you go out of that mode in any of these gaming systems, you just run in Windows. You right. run in Windows in the background, and it, it's just that's just the front for for all the games and everything. So um, I think really, if you were in the market for a, a new computer uh, and you had the money to buy an Alienware and, and get that gaming experience plus a, a computer, a decent quality computer as well. Um, you can't go wrong. I mean, you're not going right. to buy a $500 PC and and go and and play oh. games on it. It's just, it's not going to work. You might as well, um, you know, yeah, and that, it, it's just, just not bother. Powered, right? Yeah. Right. And that with these, uh, uh, well, it's not just gaming machines, but you know, with the Windows stuff, you can still get a 17-inch computer if you don't mind carrying around. You know, you're going to yeah. carry around weight, but I wouldn't mind having a 17-inch computer. Um, and I've been looked at some of those. Alienware is fine, but I've also looked at, I think HP's got a gaming machine. And, you know, I've got a touchscreen on my computer that I bought. It's about a year ago that I got that. But, uh, you know, I got a touchscreen that I use occasionally. And I still kind of like the idea. I want the option. You know, Steve Jobs says nobody wants to touch their screen. Well, hey, dude, I like to occasionally. There's times when it's just easier for me to reach up. Yeah, Kevin, quit touching yourself. Now I'm thinking yeah, of the violence I touch 
Yeah, I'm thinking of the vinyls now. I touch myself. Anyway, uh, I need to download that song too. Anyway, but I do like. There's occasionally it's just easier to reach up on the screen, you know, as I drive everybody crazy, waving my hand in front of the camera. There. But it's just sometimes easier to touch the, uh, wow, wow, uh, touch the screen and um, and do things because sometimes like. Uh, I've been doing, you know, podcasting or something, and maybe something will pop up in my computer screen over there, the big one. I'll just lean over and, you know, hit the OK button or whatever. I don't have to grab the keyboard or the mouse or anything. I just lean over and touch it. And, and I think I've mentioned on here before, I think the idea, I've toyed with the idea of getting a, a, an inexpensive touchscreen computer putting in the living room, uh, especially now that we've cut the cord and, you know, are you know, free of cable. I've thought about putting that in there because with Windows tile system, you could have your Netflix and your Hulu and all that other stuff on there. So you could just go up there and touch the screen and I want to watch this. And, you know, and you could still have a controller, you know, if you want to sit mm-hmm. down. This would be more of a dining room PC. Who, you know, we've got, that's why we have remote controls. Nobody wants to get up in their living room and go, you know, to their TV and do stuff. But if you're walking through the dining room there or you're doing something, I don't think it would be. I think it would be somewhat natural just to go up to TV and just flick through. And, you know, if you got it mounted like head height or something, because the one that we have mm-hmm. there, our TV right now is, you know, eye level. You're not, you know, looking down at it. It's eye level so and tilted. So when you're at the table, you can see. But you could go up there and just flick through things and find the thing that you want to watch. To me, that seems like that would be somewhat natural. But, I mean, still, you got to have like a... I think even an inexpensive touchscreen is about three four hundred dollars, which would be kind of expensive for a dining room, you know, TV. Mm. But the idea, the concept, seems interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I, it, it, there's always w- different ways to skin the cat, and when you start thinking about how your opinion changes and how you use it, I think a lot of times it comes to how our use use case, I guess is the best way to say it, changes as we start to expand out and and, and do things in a different way always improving our I don't like to use the word workflow but I can't think of a better way because we're not really talking about work but as you as you change things like that that lets you start to reconsider what you one time thought was right. good or thought was bad definitely a different in a different way that, like yeah. I said with the Apple watch I see all the people oh I get this notification I you know it tells me I need to stand up and I'm, I really don't Freaking need anything else telling me I'm a lazy shit. <laughs> you know, I, well, I actually have been lusting after the Apple Watch, surprisingly, given that I, uh, yeah, Kevin just flipped me the finger. Um, now, look, what is interesting is I've been reading a few articles, different people. Alison Sheridan's put out a few. Um, there's been quite a few people, uh, you know, that put out health related ones, which could probably, you know, help me. Um, but most importantly, and what I, I think I'm looking at with the Apple Watch is that the phone is often across the other side of the room. The phone is often – I'm, I'm just looking at certain things like I'll get a call or a message and it's over the other side of the room and I've got to get up and get it or I've got to go and find it or it's in the pocket. And I'm just like, boy, wouldn't this be nice if it was just yeah. on the wrist? And I didn't think I'd like it, and I, I thought, oh, you know, this is finicky. It's the accessory for the accessory. That's how I, I, I put it exactly. in there. Some, exactly. Something that we didn't need. And I, I still believe that we don't need it, but now it's here. I kind of want it because I look at situations where, you know what, I'm cooking away, and, you know, the music that's playing, yeah, I like that album, but, oh, God, that B-side that they put on there, Jesus, the, that's the worst thing that they, they could have put on that album. I want to skip it. Well, I've got down tools, 
go across, hit the remote on, on the, the Bose stock that I've got or, or tap the screen on the iPhone to move it to the next track. But if I had it on the the, uh, the Apple Watch, I could just arm up and keep going and not have to move from that position. Right. I mean, it, it is really, I, I guess it's lazy and it, it's you know <laughs> trying to make things more convenient. But I, I just look at it and I go, you know, that would be a nice little feature to have the ability to just say, you know, if if Gretel calls and I'm I'm cooking again, another thing. Sometimes I've got the music playing and I start cooking before she gets home from work. And she calls. So I've got to go and I've got to drop everything. I've got to take the phone off the, the dock and then I've, I've got to, you know, answer the call and talk that way. It'd be so much easier to do it to Tracy style well, and, and talk from the watch. It's not going to be great quality, but, you know, I, I'm probably not that interested in having the conversation with Gretel anyway because it's just about her days, <laughs> what her day's been like at work. And, you know, I'll see you in 20 minutes. And it's like, yeah, well, talk to me in 20 minutes. Concentrate on driving, woman. Get home safe. <laughs> well, now, see, if you get the Apple Watch, that might be the one thing that would tip me over so I can send you little heartbeats and things like that. Mm, if you sent me heartbeats, I'd sell it. <laughs> well, and, and remember, you could draw pictures on there, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you, you know. Could well, you know, and I, I could come up with a use case, too, because I've talked about, you know, I carry my phone in my holster, and I, I, I at work, I try to have them uh, either, you know, uh, send me emails or text me if they want something, or even, you know, call me or whatever. For the calls, I got my Bluetooth headset, so I can just reach up, touch a button, and do that. But, uh just to be able to, or so, you know, an email comes in, I just look at my watch and go, okay, that's, you know, I, I don't have to take my hands off of what I'm doing necessarily, reach down, pull the phone out, look at it. But, yeah, there was just something about the way um, the watch was presented and the way everybody is falling down, slathering, fawning over it to a degree that's just kind of turned me off and the fact is the $350 watch and considering my job is pretty physical I really don't want to wear that kind of I mean I've considered getting like a $99 pebble or something like that Mm -hmm. in that range that would be better because it would give me the notifications of the stuff that I want I don't have to have it's not like you know it's not like I'm a super you know CEO here and if I miss this you know one call and you know the whole company's in a collapse I'm a janitor pushing a broom I just want to know if the toilet's overflowing so I can get there and (laughs) clean it up before it becomes a horrible mess you know well I I can see your Apple Watch now as you go in the toilet and out. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it would get stressed. Nasty. I keep thinking to Apple if Apple wanted to hire me as a stress tester to see how you know the iPhone or the uh, iWatch, the Apple Watch. I'll get this idiotic piece of crap right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah if they want to stress test it, see how it do, does in extreme conditions or heavy use situations, I'll be their man certainly. But I don't want to pay for it. And I've, I've mentioned it before, and I won't belabor it. But the app that they stuck on the watch, you can't get rid of, irritated me. Yes, Kevin, yeah, I'm it, with it you. Does. Yes, it does. It does. I, I mean, I don't care how little space it takes up. It, right. it still don't force me to have this. It, well, if I don't want it, let me swap. Um, you know, this is why I think Apple Music will be a major success because the app will be there all the time. You cannot get rid of the music <laughs> app either. So it'll be a major success because people will, new people to the platform will go and use it straight away. Right. Um, and then they won't think Spotify, Pandora, Tidal, any of these other companies. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it it is a bit like that crapware that you get on a Windows PC when you buy it brand new and you kind of don't need that DVD burning application even though it's there. You just right. don't need it. 
Well, the thing is, the uh, apps that Apple puts on there, they're not cra- necessarily crapware quality apps. They're usually pretty good apps. But the thing is, uh, I just I, they don't give me the option to get getting rid of it because, like, say the music app, I've got. You know, I've got Amazon. I got Prime. I'm I'm going to do things that way. I'm not going to subscribe to another service when I already have this one. Uh, so it'd be kind of foolish for me to go out and pay for you know Apple streaming, you know, or Apple Music or whatever. And I don't know. I think I asked it uh, when uh, Peter was here because he listened to it. Are they going to allow you to, to download for offline streaming? I think no. Yeah. There? No. Uh, okay. I thought. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought Peter said they would. So you know. Okay. So that you know. That would be a, a plus in their favor. You, you've, got, you've got to go to the premium subscription, I, what it, whatever that is. You've got to go and like there's a, a free version right. that doesn't allow you to do no. much, and then the ten dollar one per month. Right. Then you can download for offline. Uh, offline. Right. Um, right. I don't know. There, there's probably going to be some limit there or, or something. I, I've well, got no idea. But I thought YouTube was for streaming music. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Go bury your head in the sand, man. Jeez. It sounds you fine are, to me. You are tone deaf. What? Which, which is proof positive, given that you take the bass out of everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, seriously, when I stream music, even though I have Amazon Prime like Mike does, I stream it on YouTube, to be quite honest. Do you at least go to the 720p or 1080p so that you get the higher audio stream as well? Um, you, you might. Sometimes. Sure, <laughs> doesn't yeah. listeners doesn't. Um, just touching on the uh, the MacBook, the new MacBook as well. I must admit, I've looked at it a couple of times now, and it's a lovely, lovely, lovely system. Mm-hmm. You look at it and you go, "Wow, this is really beautiful." It's what I wish the MacBook Air would be. Just that that look. And surprisingly, I, I used to poke fun at people who went the gold iPhone, gold iPad. I love it in the gold. I don't know why. It's just beautiful in the gold. I'm so sad. So there again, there's another thing where, you know, I poke fun at, at people and, and I want my gold MacBook. Um, I, what I what I like about it, I, I think, I don't like the price point. I think it's, it's overpriced for what it is. Just like the MacBook Air was when it first came out. Exactly. It's a concept uh, device. It, it will be the future of, of ultra lightweight portable computing, and that's fine. Um, but it, it's way overpriced, and the fact that you've got to get dongles um, to do certain things, and they cost like seventy nine dollars. It's like, yeah, Apple makes them for about two dollars. They're making a, an absolute killing on those things, um, and look, that's just their business model. We know that. We we know that they make a fortune on accessories, um, but. I, I think what I like about it is it's it comes pretty much loaded with a decent amount of RAM, pretty much loaded with a decent amount of storage on board. Um, yeah, the processor could be classed as underpowered, but to put it in, in such a small case in uh, and to get the battery life and, and so forth, it's actually pretty good. I mean, for what I do, which is mostly um, dealing in office applications and, and writing long text and just a bit of photo editing, and not much video editing, a bit of audio editing, uh, it would probably suit me quite fine. It would probably be on par with my my Mac, my mid-2013 MacBook Air anyway. Um, so I, I wouldn't be buying it for the performance increase if I did go for it. I'd be buying it for the smaller form factor, the lighter form factor, the fact that I used to love my 12-inch PowerBook. 
uh, the PowerBook G4. It, it was just a beautiful machine, nice form factor. I never really liked the widescreen, um, the the sixteen nine um, format of, of the MacBook Air and so forth. I just I never got used to it. It's a love. I love my MacBook Air, but I still never got used to that. I still like that more squarish screen. Um, the keys are interesting. What I find just amazing is that touchpad that's got no moving, um, moving uh, Parts, elements. In it. Yeah, but, yeah. That you actually feel like you you clicking, and it's like how, how how the hell did they've got to put that in the iPhone, the iPad sometime, so that when you type in on the virtual keyboard, you can actually have that taptic feedback. Uh, feedback that would just be absolutely incredible. You know so how they're had, you know how they're doing that, right? Not really. It's the unicorn piss they put in the thing. It's it makes it work. Better. Oh, okay, right now, now I get it. Okay, <laughs> I thought you actually had some proper information to to supply me with, Kevin. Oh, I ask for too much. I really do. I, I mean, look, my other thing too is I'm really that one port would slow me down at this point in time. Um, I still use USB a lot. Um, right now, I'm using the USB connection for the microphone. Um, and, you know, when I do certain things, I'm always using the two USB ports I've got on the MacBook Air. Will that change? Yeah. But I'd have to start to maybe buy some more Wi-Fi hard drives so that I'm not connecting up external storage um, into the unit all the time. The problem with Wi-Fi hard drives is they're annoyingly slow. So when you're moving massive amounts of data around, it's much slower than using USB 3 or, or whatever. Um, you know, it's interesting... What they've done, you know, USB-C is an interesting technology, but then it doesn't have the MagSafe connector, which is just so easy to, you know, forget tripping over the cable and stuff, yeah. but just to take the laptop, you know, I, I, we don't need to push it in to, to make it charge. Um, th- look, there's, there's pros and cons. I I like it, and I'd, I'd love to go for it, but I still think it's a little bit too restrictive for me, and I, I still think the price point... When I can get a MacBook Air uh, for seven eight hundred dollars less, and get equivalent on paper more performance. Yeah, true. Actually, more. Yeah. Um, then I kind of go, well, okay, this this is concept, cool concept, but still concept. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do long term with it and, and see how that technology then merges into MacBook Air, MacBook Pro. Will there be a MacBook Air or not? Because really the the MacBook is lighter than the MacBook Air is. It's actually right. you pick it up, it's like, wow, this is so light in comparison to my air. And I mean, we're getting into ridiculous lightness stages where you start to go, Oh, this is heavy. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Um, it, it, this isn't heavy at all. I remember using heavy laptops, you know, where, you know, they were three kilograms, not just under one kilogram, it, you know. So hey, it, I, it's just it's strange. It, it's a strange kind of thing now. It's. I remember using the first compact portable computers. They looked like a large sewing, portable sewing machine and uh-huh. weighed about the same thing. But you know what? I had a nine-inch monochrome screen, two three-sixty floppy drives, and a keyboard. Mm. I was. Do you I remember? Was, you remember the K Pro? Yes. 
Yes, and I actually, and it's in the closet here. I should do something with it. I've got one of the Commodore sixty four SX sixty fours that was the oh, portable with the screen, and I think that was a color screen if I remember right, and the fold down keyboard, um, you know, the single floppy drive. I've got it, but man, you know, first of all, five and a quarter inch floppy uh, floppy disks, and then to find the software. I want to get it out as a museum piece at this point because I don't know if I can find stuff to make it work. But I think Mark should exchange your his, he should send you his MacBook Air and you send him that K Pro. I think that would be a <laughs> the problem. Is that sucker? Well, it's not a K Pro. It's the uh, uh, Commodore sixty four. Oh, Commodore. Yeah, but the, I think the freight because that sucker is heavy. It's probably <laughs> twenty pounds. I bet. That's why I say it's a fair exchange. <laughs> well, yeah, I would probably end up paying what that Mac uh, book is uh, yep. worth. So. Yeah. Now I, you know, like I said, the the MacBook is becoming more intriguing, but it is a first gen device. It's a good concept. It it is at the wrong price point, in my opinion, just like the MacBook Air was originally. But I see it changing, and and just like I say, I hear more about it. I become more interested. I hear Mm. more about the watch. I'm becoming less interested. And these aren't the only two types of technology. I'm just using these as an example since we're somewhat Mac-centric on this show. Yeah, definitely. And and that applies, as you said, it applies to everything. You kind of think, uh, this this is great and I'll go for this. And then sometimes you live with regret. Sometimes you make the good choice and, and so forth. But you still... You want everything. That's, that's the problem. There's so many cool options out there in technology that it's like, oh, I don't want to just be stuck with this or with that or, you know, I want to have that flexibility. I want to have a game in Mac and not have to pay $4,000 for the the Mac Pro that looks like a garbage can. I, I want game and performance out of my MacBook Air. I want it out of my MacBook Pro, out of my iMac. Um, certainly metal um, being on the Mac now will help with that because it, it cuts down a hell of a lot of wasted processing cycles so it should get easier and, and better to play higher quality games on existing Mac systems uh, moving forward into El Capitan which is the crappiest name I can think that they could come up with but anyway then you know I'm just going to call it, it EC yeah EC yeah um, so I mean stuff like that if it gets implemented I mean this is the big key thing there's some some heavy hitters who are happy to port their games to the Mac and even to iOS. And you go, okay, they, they've done a good job here. And sometimes they only do the one thing as just a, a test or to say that they can do it and then they don't push anything else further. And it's like, mm, okay, come on, Let, let's have it. Give it to us. So let's, let's see what you can do. Um, certainly you look at the, the iPad Air 2 and that, that's got a hell of a lot of processing power in it that can drive console-quality games yes. quite easily. Um, and but the developers aren't there supporting it. They're still going the more traditional gaming console um, models and and so forth. It, it's interesting because the gaming industry, especially, is so divided. I mean, it's always been divided. You've always had the exclusive titles, the Nintendo only, the Sony only, Microsoft only. Before that, the Sega only titles. But it's more so divided now because you've got the portable platforms the tablets and then you've got the portable handheld gaming platforms such as the nintendo 3ds and the playstation vita and where do they fit in how do they work and then they've got exclusives on those platforms and very much when mike talks about his games and and the variety of games and the interests of games 
I, I see pretty much the same with Tim Chatton, that you've got to almost be, if you're a gamer and love games, you've got to almost be on every single platform to ensure that you don't miss out on that, that those five to ten games that are stellar on that platform. iOS has them. There, there's at least a dozen games that are absolutely mind-blowing on iPhones and iPads, but they're not on other platforms. Yeah. It's just the way it works, and it's it's a shame. I'd I'd love just more conformity. I really would, but uh, it's just it's it's not there. It's still okay if you want to play this type of game. If you want to play Gears of War, you got to buy Xbox. If you want to play um, uh, Halo, Halo, Halo Xbox. Xbox. I, I, I can't. Uncharted is PlayStation, right? Um, and it, it's just. Really, can, can we just sort of move on from this? You know, yeah, make it better maybe on your system and add a few new level maps or something, or I don't know. But I, yeah. I just really and, – and Nintendo's – I mean, Nintendo with the, the Wii U is in a hole at the moment because a lot of the developers just are refusing to develop on the platform. And even one thing in Australia, it's so stupid. Uh, Lego um, Jurassic Park has been delayed on the Wii U in Australia. So, you know, if you want to buy it and you want to play it and you want to play it today instead of in a month's time, you got to go and buy another system to play it on. It's like, ah, oh, gee, it's just, it's silly. It's stupid. You can't even get the digital copy. Um, so, you know, one, one thing that I look like, I, I love the game, as I think I've mentioned in the past, Bayonetta. Yeah, and uh, that, that was PlayStation and Xbox in, in the previous editions, the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. This time around when they released the second one and remastered the first game, uh, then what they did was they made it a Wii U exclusive. So anyone who wanted to play it had to buy a Wii U. Now, admittedly, I've got the Wii U in the house. Great, that, that's wonderful. But if you didn't, you were forced, if you enjoyed that game, to go to this platform and I'll be quite honest, I think Bayonetta is a, a great game. I'm not convinced it's great for the Wii U. I just don't. The controls on the, the tablet especially, it just, it's yeah. more, it, it needs to be more form-fitted to the hand with the Pro Controller. Yeah. And if you don't have a Pro Controller, then it's, it's not the best experience. That that game tablet is beautiful, but for games like that, where they're fast and you're hard-hitting, it, it's just it, your hands are too far apart and it just doesn't seem to flow as well as the traditional Xbox-style, PlayStation-style controller allows you to control. And, and, and as much as I love my Wii U, that's very true for Mario Kart 8. It really kind of sucks to play it on the gamepad. I'm sorry. It, I actually I, like it if I'm looking on the screen, though. But if uh, I'm watching it on the, the TV... Exactly. Why? Yeah, exactly. But the Pro Controller, I've considered a couple times buying one of those for the uh, Wii U. But again, they're, they're like 60 and $70 too. They're not, they're not right. cheap. So you've got to know that you can play enough games in that mode to justify it. And Mike, you were showing us, uh, is that your NVIDIA controller? Yeah, yeah, it's the NVIDIA. And yeah, the nice thing about this is it's got a touch pad down here for moving nice. the cursor around. And uh, you got your, your usual buttons there. 
Uh, and then this button here you can use to uh, activate your uh, forwards, backwards, or your menu, your home screen and your backwards button in Android. So, you know, it's it's ba built for the Android tablet. But I do like it. I think it's a it feels good and solid in your hand. It's got a good feel to it. Um, you know, I, I think this isn't a bad, you know, I, I'm so, you know, a newbie at all this stuff yet. But I, I, to me, it feels like a good controller. It's got a good solid feel in your hand. You, you, you want to hold this thing. It's got a battery in it. So, you know, it has a certain weight to it, which just, it mm -hmm. makes it feel more substantial than just a piece of plastic. Yeah, and, and um, that's why I say, with and, and just like playing Assassin's Creed 3, I think that's going to be better if I have that pro controller to play it than I, probably. I, I played it. On the, the game pad, eh, it wasn't anywhere near as fluid and as easy as when I was playing it on the PlayStation. Um, it's just the pro. The, 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 look, the um, the tablet controller is nice. It's great. It's cool that you've got that additional screen. With Assassin's Creed, there's not. Um, I haven't played it in a couple of months, so I can't remember. But from memory, there's not a lot going on on the screen anyway. Um, you know, you can do some things on it, but you're not really missing out too much. I used to have one of those, Mike. They're great. Yeah, yeah. it's the uh, Razor Tardis. So that yep. and my trackball, because I do like the trackball, because you don't have to be moving a mouse around. Again, it fits into my, you know, uh, chair gaming philosophy here. So I can set this on the other armrest. And I just find that the trackball for uh, turning and aiming seems a lot easier than trying to use. Because I've tried, I've got this, uh, i got a Steel Series. uh corded controller here which is your xbox style ps3 whatever style and that's fine but i just using the joystick and it's you know emulating the mouse so that's a little bit of a hassle too but using that for trying to turn and aim just isn't as nice as taking that trackball and being able to sit there and just be able to tweak it and uh i just to me it's a lot more natural a lot better so uh yeah i'm kind of liking the I had really, you know, I think I mentioned it here before. I was seriously thinking Xbox, but you know, with uh, that controller and my trackball there, I'm starting to think I like. I'm liking the PC gaming uh, way better because with that combination, and you know, I'd like to, I'm even considering getting a uh, gaming keyboard with all your macros and that other stuff in there because there's 25 buttons on there. But for some games, like I uh, on my tablet, I was experimenting with Witcher. Two is is mm. Witcher three the newest one? It was the second, yeah. the the one generation behind. It's on the mm -hmm. tablet, so I can play it. And they have like different combinations for moves and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm going, holy crap! You know, it, it, that's the thing. If you can ma uh, boil them down to macros and then be able to have them, like maybe set up in your keyboard, because uh, or you know some way, because I don't know if 25 buttons would possibly enough along with your forward, backwards, and you know the, all the other standard ones you have to have. So I'm thinking, you know, if I had a a keyboard so I could just hit these, you know, macro buttons and do these moves. Um, you know, that would be the way to go. But, you know, so now I think I'm getting away from the idea of the, even though it seemed kind of cool, uh, the console games, because they're expensive mm -hmm. and, you know, you have yep. to deal with their controllers. Yeah. And so for right now, um, I'm thinking the PC game and, then you know, well, you can put, you know, the console, whatever size screen you want. But uh, uh, this 27 inch uh, computer over here works great for my lean back experience. So. Mm. Yeah, and uh, there's there's definitely as the things start to come together, like the the, the uh, uh, Alienware thing Mark talked about. These HP has out there not the stream, but the little set top type of PCs that you hook into your television. As that power increases, 
It could put a real pressure on consoles like the Wii U and the Xbox well, 360, and because Steam. Well, I, to... I think they're already under a lot of pressure uh, from portable tablet gaming. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm no, say. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. sure they are, but I'm just saying. So any any additional, and and certainly with PC gaming coming back in, you know, I, I think Vogue. it's coming back in, in, in more popularity. Um, well, and I think uh, you know, as far as the consoles go too, if you already have a uh, PC. Uh, in the house playing games, I think it's either, I think it's Steam, maybe NVIDIA. They're going to sell the little box for, I forget what the price is, like $150, that basically it just takes the stream from your, I think it's probably a Steam box, but you take it. Yeah, I think it is Steam. Yeah, you take it'll take this uh, basically stream it from your PC. You hook it up to your living room TV. Then you don't need a console. You can still have the power and the heft because you're playing the game on your your PC, but with a little box, it's on your TV screen. So then mm-hmm. you don't need another powerful box. And if you do want to yes. play it in the living room, you spent 150, whatever the price is. I mean, it's it's certainly going to be a lot less than a three four hundred dollar console, uh, and you have that option of playing in your living room. I mean, I think it comes with controller i don't know how that works you hook controllers up to i'm not sure but that's certainly a cheaper option and you know then you have the advantage of steam and whatever other pc games you want to play um and if they make it so that you know like steam you can start up i can start up my mac it'll start the game on the pc you don't have to like start it up on the pc and then go play it you can just sit down and if you keep steam running on your your pc downstairs or you, you know you have a gaming computer set up somewhere you can just sit down and play it and it, it's that ease factor that, oh i gotta go downstairs and put the cd in the yeah. tray and oh i want to switch games i gotta go back downstairs and switch the you know so if you can get it to that point and again that's the thing way why i like steam and you know and i've got bought a few games through uh, origin but you know that's just another application you have to have on there but still get away from the cd you know version of the, drm the physical mm. media problems like that right so yeah and I remember uh, that always being a problem back in my PC gaming days. It's like, what the hell is this? I got The game has to see the CD, but then it doesn't use it anymore. It's like, oh, mm. shit, where's the damn CD at? You know? Yeah, or you buy this zippered case with your CDs, uh, and then those ones with multiple CDs uh, for installations, <laughs> then you put the others away because you probably don't want it cluttering up your case that you're taking with you, but then if you have to reinstall it, where did I put those other installation CDs at? And so, yeah, that's, I'm really embracing Steam, and they're not, they're, they're not the only version in town. NVIDIA's yeah. thing with the uh, grid system, you know, right now they're trying to sell you the hardware too which makes sense but you know that's kind of appealing you pay twelve dollars play whatever games you want if you'll find the game that's because like i played borderlands and I thought, oh it's kind of cool so then i went out and bought those uh because i don't know it's not ideal playing it on the the tablet like that but it's certainly a way that you can test drive a lot of games and see what you like and especially yeah, at, at, at a cheap price yeah so all right, I think uh, we we will wrap things up here because I think we've we've been going for an hour and thirty minutes, guys. It's one of the longer shows we've ever done. So uh, it's good good topics. It's been really sure. good. Uh, so why don't we start in reverse order, Mister McPeak? Why don't you tell us where people can find all the wonderful, great, and awesome things you do online? Okay, that sounds like a, whore, a load of horse hooey, but I do say mm. things from time to time. So if you do want to hear my little pearls of wisdom or little turds of wisdom, whatever it ends up being, uh, you can find me on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. 
Okay, so I'll shorten it down for Mark. Where can they find the crap you do, dude? <laughs> com. See? It's it's all about brevity. We've worked together long enough we can we can come up with these things. It's almost like we're inside each other's heads. Dude, oh. get out. There's not enough room in here. <laughs> Don't need that. Didn't need that thought. Anyway, no. if you want Ooh, to find out more that's... about yeah, if you want to find out more about me, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash B I G underscore I N underscore V A. Or if you want to go over to my about.me page at forward slash Kevin Alder. And I've actually been contributing just a wee, wee, wee little bit on G plus here recently. So uh, you might be able to find something there for me. Yeah, I hurt Mark's here with that wee, 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 all the way home type of thing. Oh so, and if you want to find out more about the show, you can go over to geekiestshowever.com. If you want to leave us a review in iTunes, those are always welcome. Well, folks, we certainly do thank you for putting up with all our geekery this week, and we certainly do hope that between now and next week, you don't forget to hug a geek. Hello, people. My name's Peter Bird, and I'm the host of the Deep Look Podcast. The idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests and we learn more about them, the subjects, the people, the things that shape their lives or the things they're interested in or the things they would possibly want to know more about. Basically, we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there and to learn. If that appeals to you or you like that idea or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to, then come on by and give us a go. We are part of the Stoplight Network.